You're listening to Grace Church of Northwest Arkansas podcast. This week's service for December 6, 2020 is called Love, the second week of Advent. The location was a studio at 2828 in Fayetteville, Arkansas, and the speaker is John Ray. And also just... Another welcome to everyone who's listening on the podcast, um, everyone here in Northwest Arkansas and all over. I knew something was wrong when she showed up at our house. Something really wrong, and it was something wrong with my mom. She said mom had been in a car wreck and was in the hospital. I don't know when I found out all the details. It probably wasn't for many years later, until many years later. But all the details did was confirm what I felt in that moment. Alone. Abandoned. And although I don't know if I would use these exact words until right now, I felt unloved. My mom had intentionally driven her car off the side of a windy road with a steep drop off into the lake hundreds of feet below. Miraculously, as she drove her car off the cliff, the fall was stopped by the tops of trees. And instead of plunging to her death in the lake, it was only a few dozen feet down the side. She landed in the trees with a broken wrist. I felt so incredibly alone. Even though through the years, my relationship with my mom healed and even grew and deepened, I think her own pain and abandonment kept her from ever being fully able to love or let herself be loved. I was 13 when this happened. My little sister was 10. Eugene Peterson writes, love is our most mature act as human beings. And I got to tell you, this just breaks me in so many ways. I'm into my sixth decade on this planet, and I'm only coming to really understand what it is to be loved. And I've said this time and time again, you've heard it if you've listened here at Grace Church, that I think the single hardest thing for us as human beings to do is to allow ourselves to be loved by God. Fully totally loved by God. Well, Jesus gets this, okay? God gets this. Love to God is not a theological abstraction or a divine imperative delivered to us from a distance. Love to God is Jesus coming to us. Love to God is the Holy Spirit dwelling among us. This defines love as intensely relational, personal, yes, but never private, always communal. Love is what Advent is all about. In 1 John 3.16, now not the John 3.16 most of us are familiar with, but 1 John 3.16 
The author writes, this is how we've come to understand and experience love. Christ sacrificed his life for us. This is why we ought to live sacrificially for our fellow believers and not just be out for ourselves. You see, John is writing to a community of Jesus followers years, maybe even decades after the crucifixion and ascension of Jesus. Many of these had never seen or heard Jesus in the flesh. But to the author, to John here, this is not a hindrance to knowing God. They don't have to have seen Jesus in the flesh. Why? Because they have each other. They have the Holy Spirit dwelling among them, in them, and through them. We know God as love and are loved as God loves. You see, the big idea here is love is not only experienced within the context that love is only experienced within the context of Christ-formed relationships. This is how we know God, is in the context of these Christ-formed relationships. Like I said earlier, love to God is not a theological abstraction or divine imperative. Love to God is Jesus coming to us. Love to God is the Holy Spirit dwelling among us. This defines this as a relationship. It's not an abstract. It is an experience. That's why we start, again, this is why we start with belonging at Grace Church. At Grace Church, that's where it begins. That's where we experience it, is in the welcome, is in the including, is in the belonging. Love can never be expressed hypothetically or, for that matter, with conditions attached. That doesn't mean that love doesn't radically challenge us to be transformed. It absolutely does. That's why belonging is followed by becoming. That is that process of transformation that is initiated in love. And this process, through this process, when we put words to this, this is how we form our confession of what we believe. You see, the advent of Jesus demonstrates God's love for us. There is nothing unchristlike in God. Do we want to know God? Then look at Jesus. That's how we know God, is when we see what Jesus is doing. And the sacrifice, when we talk about this, the sacrifice of Christ, almost automatically we always go to the cross. We always think of the suffering on the cross. And that indeed is a sacrificial part. But it's not the only sacrifice that Jesus made. As a matter of fact, it may not even be the greatest. Now, that may sound absurd. What could be a greater sacrifice than the cross? Well, I want you to think about the creator and sustainer of the universe, just for a moment. John tells us that the word was with God in the very beginning and the word was God. We, we understand that to be Jesus, that Jesus existed before being incarnated as Jesus exists now. There has never been a time where Jesus wasn't. Can you imagine giving that up? Can you imagine what it must have been like for Jesus 
who spoke the world into existence, who holds all things together, knows all things, sees all things, is all-powerful in, in every sense of the word, becoming helpless. And not just helpless, but as we see in Philippians 2, comes into the lowest part of humanity, an oppressed people under occupation of an invading country, poor, powerless, understood to be a bastard child of an unwed mother. What, what sacrifice that the God of the universe would do that in order to show us what love is. This doesn't negate the sacrifice on the cross. It expands it. We see that the whole trajectory of God's love for us is sacrificial, incarnational, relational with that. You see, Jesus came to change our mind about God, not God's mind about us. And that starts with this Advent. This also sets the course for our lives. This is not something we just see at Jesus, but, but it demands a response from us. Last week, we shared about the Advent guide that the CCCA has put out. We had the link in last week's learning guide. This was from one of the devotionals this week. I found it incredibly appropriate for today. The author says there is a shape to the Christian life, a pattern. And it's not the pattern one hopes to see when investing in the stock market, a long, steady, upward trajectory towards the glory of an early retirement. Rather, it is a downward moment, movement, a movement into darkness, a movement into sin, darkness, and humility, of facing the sin in ourselves and in others, personal and systemic. Philippians 2 captures this pattern in a way that cements it in the mind of the church, the twofold condescension of the Lord. As he lowered himself to become a man, a person, a human being, flesh and blood, and then, over the course of his life, lowered himself once more to freely embrace the humblest and most shameful of deaths. But accompanying this downward trajectory is a great reversal, a great glorification. For Jesus was raised in glory to be seated at the right hand of the Father, and all those united in him are children of the Father. The pattern of the Christian life is a voluntary humiliation in Christ, a death to self in him, and a corresponding exaltation and glorification in him. Now, now pay attention here. We've got to get this. But this pattern isn't merely spiritual. It isn't merely personal or individualistic. The pattern is social, political, and ultimately cosmic. We understand love that God sacrificed to become human. And if he did nothing else, if Jesus did nothing else, that sacrifice would be cosmos changing. We also understand 
love and that this is what we are called to emulate, to be part of, indeed to take personal part in, both as individuals and as a community, the church. Finally, we see that the advent of Jesus doesn't just reorder our relationships. It redefines what relationship even means, what relationships are for. I love the Peanuts cartoon where Linus declares, I love humanity. It's people I can't stand. Or the quote from G.K. Chesterton that says, the Bible tells us to love our neighbors and also to love our enemies probably because generally they are the same people, right? We, we love the idea of love in the abstract or love when the conditions are just right or love when it benefits us, love when we can control it, when we can understand it. But the Advent does away with all of that. It says love everybody, especially those who are hard to love. Maybe in our minds, impossible to love. We're to love the ones that we're not even aware of. We're to love the least, the lost, the left outs. We're to love our neighbors and our enemies as ourselves. And that starts with letting ourselves be loved by God. Knowing that God loves us without condition. That God's love seeks us out. That God's love comes to us when we can't love ourselves. God loves us unconditionally. Now listen, this takes practice, y'all. This does not come natural. It does not come easy. We have to make ourselves vulnerable. We have to learn the tools of hospitality and shalom. We have to open up our hearts and our homes We have to give up our dreams as they are given to us by the world or our own hurt, our own abandonment. There's no excuse not to because we've been given the pattern, the way through Jesus. But it takes practice to respond to this. We need to humbly let others serve us as we seek to sacrificially serve others. We're not the Messiah. We're not the one saving people. We're not the one who ultimately brings meaning to this. This That is God working through us. And we have to learn to receive that as well as give it. As I said earlier, Peterson's quote, love is our most mature act as human beings. That takes a lifetime of practice. That is what maturing is. It's overcoming the abandonment we've experienced and also the way we've abandoned others. It takes an ever-responding awareness that God has come to us in Jesus, that God never has and never will abandon us. It takes the continual cultivation of the experience of God's presence in us and among us. Friends, there is no greater thing in all the universe than the love of God. There is nothing greater worth living for. This Advent, 
Let's lean in as never before to this love. Well, that's a lot, y'all. It may be maybe exactly what you needed to hear. It may be water to your soul, or it may be terrifying in all its implications, but it's true. And we need to respond to it. We need to either put our fear aside, our pride aside, our wounds aside, our shame aside, our guilt aside, and receive it. We practice this by coming to the table. We practice this by giving offering. We give because it is a sign that none of us is without something to give. We also give because it is a sign that all of us need to receive. None of us here is without need. And we also reflect on this. We don't just take it as another academic exercise, but we ask God, what, how am I to act on this? What am I supposed to do with this? And so that's what we do in this time is we take communion together. We give our offering and we set our intentions to act on what we've heard. Thank you for listening to the Grace Church of Northwest Arkansas podcast. You can find out more about us at gracechurchnwa.org. Have a blessed week.